Hello, I'm Liz Jones. If you read my diary in the Mail on Sundays You magazine, then you'll know me and my life pretty well. But if you've always wanted to know more, this is the place for you. Welcome to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast. I'll be taking you behind the scenes of this week's column before digging back into the archives to find some of the most shocking and hilarious stories from the last 20 years. I'll be doing all this with the help of my assistant, friend and confidant, Nick. Hello. I'm wrapping her hands. Jab, jab. Roundhouse kick. Are you ready, Jones? Ding, ding. Round. This is round two of me fighting with my ex-husband. If you've been living under a stone... The Daily Mail last week published a piece in homage to Carrie Bradshaw and Aidan where they get back together again and just like that. So I recreated that scene. I had Carrie's hair. I had Carrie's bunkette. You were Carrie. I was Carrie. I wouldn't let the makeup artist put nail varnish on my because Carrie never wore nail varnish. Not many people know that, but I know that because I'm the world expert. And after the piece came out... It was number four trending on Twitter in the world. It went around the world. It was with Wimbledon, wasn't it? It was actually Only above me was Wimbledon and some strange man called Pogba. Who's Pogba? Apparently he's a footballer because I googled him. I thought, who's my rival on Twitter? Who is this person? That's terrible. He's a footballer. I've only been knocked off trending Twitter by Hugh Edwards. So Hugh Edwards... Thank you for taking the heat off me. But all the support was positive, and even from men it was positive. People had Team Liz T-shirts. Hashtag Team Liz. Hashtag Team Liz. They posted memes of Joan Collins sitting in the ivy going, I'm just watching Liz argue with her ex-husband. So I know you have all been waiting with breath that is baited. That's the line from Sex and the City Season 6 for my response to what he wrote in the paper, because we both published at the same time. Desperate. We're desperate. Well, he put my back up a little bit when I was asked by my editor to say, well, would you meet up with Nurple and it would be like carrying agent? And I said, well, yes, okay. So I emailed him and, and his first response was, well, a fee would have to be agreed first. Now, when people offer me work, I'm like, thank you. I'm so grateful. What would you like me to do? What's the brief? I'll do my best. Thank you so much for asking me. I don't say how much money will I get. Now, well, a lot of people were actually tweeting, weren't they, and asking, why did he do it? Because it was so venomous. Why did he do it? And it was because of the... Money. Money. And I said, okay. I said, I'm just going to put you in touch with my editor. And he said, yeah, put me in touch with the edge. The edge. <laughs> And so I re- I didn't read his piece for a few days because I'm very busy and important and award winning, um, and my career is equivalent to an Oxbridge degree. <laughs> and he begins it saying, 
mean things about Carrie Bradshaw. Don't be mean about Carrie. And he calls her cadaverous, dreary, self-obsessed writing. I think he's talking about me as well. With a face like one of those knobbly root vegetables that make the news for resembling human sexual anatomy and an intellect Wayne Rooney would look down on. Carrie did the utmost possible with what nature cursed her with. Spending a dragon's horde in her pursuit of love, fooling the likes of Liz into thinking the same might work for them. That's really mean, isn't it, what nature cursed her with? And I do suggest you go to the piece and have a look at him and look at him on telly. And everyone was tweeting, it's car crash telly, it's our car crash telly. He was on Lorraine. The only reason he was on Lorraine, because I turned them down. I thought, no, I'm not going to bully. I'm not going to continue the arguing. Right. And he, and he, his first line in the piece, more or less, is, oh, and Liz, Liz's reply was, I'm going to take £85,000 a week sparring's unit next week, but I could do the week for lu- after for lunch. So he writes, she was, I presume, there to suffer some heinous procedure to shave whatever minute she could from looking her rage at our photo shoot. Because it's all about Compare him. and contrast, compare and contrast. And actually, I was just winding him up. I wasn't paying £85,000 a week spa because I'm a journalist and they invited me to write about it. It's called work. And it wasn't a spa. It was a clinic with serious, serious, serious health tests. Yeah. It wasn't something frivolous. It was incredibly serious. And it's an amazing clinic, isn't it? Amazing, amazing, with amazing people. So don't diss my friends. Don't diss my clinic. And I didn't want to shave a few seconds off. I've been rebuilt. I am Madonna Mark too. Yes, but you must make yourself more attractive to meet him. Because you do hold a candle for him, remember? Well, he went on Lorraine and said, I still hope there was a spark. And the only spark that came in our meeting was from my engagement ring, which, which I kept waggling. tapping on the table with my beautiful long hands. We had little, he had little stubby little fingers like sausages. But I think the worst thing he said about me in my piece is my family and my friends hate me. They don't hate me, do they? No, it's... I paid for my mum's care. That was actually past the remit as well. I went to piece. my niece's wedding. They loved me, you know. But I had an email... From a friend, she's actually a friend in Canada, and she said, Seraphine. Sage Seraphine. She said, that man, that painfully ridiculous parody of an adult male, that nurple, or as I like to call him, nipples, given his oddly feminine man breasts, reminiscent of a dowager who has foregone stays and just lets the chips or tits fall where they may. The fact he looks ten years older than you with a lifetime of missed opportunities and shoddy decisions etched onto his round face would be pitiful enough. But the embarrassing venom he pukes out in this piece should surely fulfil his decades-long descent to absurd and sulky old codger. See, he's old now. Mm. At least comes I'm old and nice. This comes to us all. I literally laughed out loud at his mortifying display of bitterness and rage and I cheered at your admirable restraint as you let him hang himself as a boob in public for all to see. As Bugs Bunny would say, what a maroon. Well said, Sarah. Well said, Sarah. That was poetic. But, you know, I'm I'm not upset about it. I'm a journalist. I'm a writer. It's my job. Yes, it wasn't pleasant meeting him. He knocked over tables and chairs as he left in a hurry and I said to him because I'm quite brave now 
do you want to pay for the drinks? Do you want to pay for your drink? He said, no, let the male get it or you can pay for it. And the girls at the next table, they were like, oh, my God. Just well. Just well. Never again. Never again. And I just sat there at that table and these two girls came over and they were like, are you okay? Are you okay? And I just thought, what if I was a mum with two kids? Yeah. Awesome. And I didn't have a job and I didn't have a car and a man spoke to me like that and I couldn't escape. So I am donating the fee for this article in the mail last week to a women's refuge to help them escape. But it it didn't, you know, I don't value his opinion, so it didn't upset me. It was a journalistic exercise, should you go back? And obviously, I think the mail did a poll of should you meet your ex and overwhelmingly no, because there's a reason you split up. But I think sometimes it's good to to know you've escaped something. And also, girls, the best revenge is success. Drop the mic. Drop the mic. But I haven't trended on Twitter a number four before. That was quite sad. You do know she's actually printed it off and she's going to get it framed. I'm going to have it as a poster. Very excited. Next to all my awards. You've been dogging, haven't you, now? <laughs> well, <laughs> you say dogging. I didn't know what dogging was. Well, have you watched Car Share? No. But have you not watched Car Share? No. Oh, Peter Kate. I love Peter. I don't hate all men. I love Peter Kay. I love him because his humour, he doesn't slag anyone off. He doesn't swear. He isn't nasty. He's just so sweet and honest. And car share was amazing, amazing oh. telly. I, I've I've heard of it. That's one of the ones I have. Heard. I'll try it. But no, I didn't know what dogging was until Martin and I went to take the dogs for a walk somewhere in like along the canal or something. It was it was a nice evening. Canal, 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 oh, canal. With boats. You know, it's my accent. And we came back. Went for a long walk, and we came back, and there was all these cars in a circle. And it was unsaid to Martin, why, why are they like... They're dogging. Why are they here at this They're time of night? And he said to me, get in the car quick, get, let's go, let's go. And I'm like, well, what's going on? I'm just going, he's going, dogging, I think it's a dogging place, will we? And I'm like, well, what's dogging? <laughs> but talking of dogging, I took the bossinator, my prize, beagle. my beagle, my baby She's beagle. She's obsessed with her beagle. I am. Do you know I am obsessed with him? I literally, I look at him and I just like... Oh, want to squeeze him and squiggle him, and I literally adore him. And considering he's so naughty, it's quite impressive. But I decided to take him to like a local show, and when I say local show, I don't mean like an entry for crafts or anything like that. I'm talking about the local feed merchant while we buy a horse feed that penned off a little bit of electric tape for a charity. I thought it'd be a good test because when I first had him, he was really unmanageable, like really excitable, really difficult. You're talking about Martin or No, I'm back on Boris. I'm back on Boris. You're not dogging. I'm not dogging. So we went to see if he was calmer and would behave himself. And he did. He was amazing. He was absolutely fantastic. I was thrilled with him apart from trying to steal stuff off of the buffet thing. That, That was bad. He got most handsome. Oh, I must tell you that. We got a rosette. We got most handsome. And we entered the pedigree one. And I thought, oh, great. It's the only beagle. And he's a really handsome boy. And this bloody great dame walked in. Well, it was like, literally, everyone just thought, well, I'm going to leave now. It was like Adonis. You know, like that 
the Hound of the Baskervilles, where they have those beautiful stone statues outside the house of these regal, amazing dogs. Well, that was this bloody dog. He was like the Brad Pitt of Great Danes in his prime. Did you see Brad Pitt at F1 last week? He still looks damn good. 59. Damn good. 59. He's up there with Morton Harker, isn't he? Oh, come off it. He's way over Morton Harker. Morton Harker is the most handsome man in the entire world. He is. Oh, So going back to handsome and my prize winning beagle. Alexander Skarsgård. Don't go into the German accent again. Alexander Skarsgård, whatever his name is. I was still... I can't watch that film now because you've traumatised me so obviously no he had a penis double I think because his penis was too expensive (laughs) so you know this bloody great day obviously won but my mum turned into this like like I was like I'm only going for the experience you know obviously don't care if you win my mum oh no 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 she's like eyeing up the competition she turned into Catherine Tate and apparently for the, the rescue class, one of the judges wanted him to win and one of the judges wanted someone else to win. But she said to my mum, oh, well, I, I was going for, for Boris. You know, I really thought he should win. And mum was going, why didn't you then? I had to pull her off. I had to pull her off and drag her off. So <laughs> it, it turned into very competitive. But I've got his, his rosette now up in the kitchen. My one rosette. That's it. It's, it's, I'm happy now. I'll die happy. Well, a lot of people have been emailing and messaging about Mini Puppy. So many people. Because the column last week, I wrote about the fact that she's got thyroid cancer. Yeah. And I've only just lost Gracie. And they about the same age, because I got them both as puppies, not on purpose, never get two puppies at the same time. They gang up on you. They literally ganged up on me, didn't they? It was, it. to be honest with you, if TikTok existed then, I would be rich. I literally would, because these two puppies tortured Liz I mean they'd get up on the dining room table wouldn't they and they'd be eating her dinner and she'd be like well why are they doing this to me and not you they literally just laughed at you but they ganged up on me didn't they, did. they? <laughs> they laughed at you they laughed anyway this week's column in which I have a painful flashback is about Minnie and well it's a good outcome really but obviously we're going to have to keep monitoring her but I'm going to read it to you now on Monday I had to travel abroad for work to the spa that you thought I was going to have another facelift at or I think it wasn't a spa it wasn't a spa it wasn't a spa it wasn't a spa so I just said that I'm at an 85,000 pound a week spa next week just to wind him up Mm. well it did yeah it was he's obviously obsessed with me because he's read everything heard everything follows me on twitter that was the thing wasn't it he knew everything he'd obviously been following you How much had you followed him? That is the question. Don't you remember on a podcast a few months ago, I forgot I'd been married? Yes. That's how much he enters my brain. Yes. Never. I had to remind you. No, but you have... Oh, Oh, yes! (laughs) (laughs) On Monday, to travel abroad for work. I didn't want to leave Mini Puppy, but I had no choice. I felt as I did when I had to fly to Canada to learn to be a trapeze artist with Cirque du Soleil. And my horse Lizzie, the rescued racehorse, had only just had surgery for colic. While I was away, Nick texted. Oh God, Lizzie is looking at her tummy again. She keeps going down. I'm trying to get a horse box to drive her back to the hospital. There was nothing I could do. Nick, 
again. We're at the clinic now. She's in the stocks being examined. Explain what stocks are now. Yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, stocks, is it's basically like a square. So you walk the horse into a square and then they're surrounded on all four sides. And basically when you're trying to examine them, what you don't want the horse doing is running forward or running backwards because they will just run f- through you either way. You need to be able to keep them still so you can do the procedure. But anyway, when Nick said to me she's in the stocks, I said, don't let them hurt her. Yeah. I protected her with my life. She died later that same day. When I got back home, I was driving across the North York Moors to collect her ashes. I was interrupted by work. A call from my managing editor telling me a charity had complained about my column where I'd written my colleagues were lowercase h hearing dogs. That got me into so much trouble. But I won in the end. I won, I won, I won. But he upset me. This time, off to Switzerland, I get to the Premier Inn at Heathrow. It's the sort of place where soap is nailed to the wall and a sign says danger, hot water, and there's this sort of rubber mat in case you slip over. So if you're staying at a Premier Inn, they assume, A, you don't know what a hot tap is, B, you're going to steal the soap, and C, you're so old you're going to slip over in the shower. I quite like one of them rubber mats, I've got to be honest. Nick texts to say she's taken Minnie to the referral clinic where she's had tests. The tumour on her spleen is really big, she says. She isn't allowed to jump up or climb stairs or be knocked as a tumour might burst. She's going to have surgery on Friday. I'd already asked a local lad to sleep with the dogs overnight. £300. See, I don't squint when it comes to my animals. I don't leave them on their own. Poor guy, though, because I come flying in, you know, and changed everything, didn't I? Because I obviously stayed with her. Yeah, but he stayed here as well. Yeah, well, what happened is I stayed overnight, didn't I? He game in the day, but he was really good. I have no idea how people work in an office when they have children or a dog. I suppose that's what Hub's husbands are for. While I was abroad, I sent David one a photo of a classic E-type jag I'd been ferried around in. He replies, isn't that the most beautiful, sexy, exciting car ever made? Is that my birthday present? He's never sent me an email saying I'm sexy and beautiful and exciting, but he does a better car. But an E-type Jag, I've got to be honest, he's got a point. He said, is that my birthday present? (gasps) I forgot his birthday. Oh, dear. But you're allowed, aren't you, because he's an ex, so that's okay. Minnie has made it through surgery, and today, Monday, I'm going to pick her up. Nick elects to drive me. The nurse sits me down to go through medication, painkiller, something to encourage her appetite. I need that. And she is to have Vagisil because she's got a sore bottom. This means a trip to Boots wearing dark glasses. Well, actually, I made you go. Yeah, not a trip for you, a trip for me. But I don't go to Boots. No, but the local Boots think I'm this really awful, dodgy person because, first of all, I kept buying Sodo cream. You've got a really... Nappy filled baby. So they think I've got a nappy filled baby. It's actually for my horse's feet. I won't explain. So they went on and on. Then I had to buy lots of KY jelly because my, my poor little dog got a problem with his willy getting stuck. So I had to lubricate him every morning or we had to go to the vets. So then they thought I was buying out all the pseudocreme, all the KY jelly, and now I'm going for Vagisil. So they think I'm itchy, over 50 in the KY jelly, and I'm not quite sure what they reckon about the pseudocreme. But you sent me. I sent you to get yes, Vagisil from Mini Poppy. Thank you for that. 
The vet goes to get Minnie, and as soon as she sees me, her eyes light up. It's as though she can't believe I'm here. She looks like Edward Scissorhands. She's got a livid scar from her throat all the way down to her tummy. There's fur missing from all of her arms, and she has a big square of fur cut out from her back. So she had... An epidural. Yeah, even though she wasn't having another mini-mini puppy. No, not another... No, God, no. She mustn't go upstairs, and she can only go in the garden for two weeks. And of course... There's a wait for the results of the biopsy on the tumour on her spleen. The bill so far is £7,000. <laughs> That's a hysterical laugh, isn't it? <laughs> they removed the thyroid tumour and they think they have it all. So I said, there could be something microscopic. And that is a line from Sex and the City, season six, where the wonderful Samantha Jones, She's your relative, favorite, isn't she? has breast cancer, and she's having lunch with Carrie. And Carrie, who's a great friend, she's very witty. She, You might think she looks like a vegetable. We all love her, and we love her because she's not perfect, and she's funny. So Carrie says to Samantha, you need to have chemo because there might be something microscopic. So Samantha says, yeah, like the surgeon's dick. So Carrie says, have you got cancer or have you got Tourette's? <laughs> We lift Minnie gingerly into the boot of Nick's car. On the drive home, there's a loud bang. Her exhaust has fallen off. It's dragging along, causing sparks. So here we are, Minnie possibly facing a death sentence, and the car is chitty-chitty bang-bang. There is smoke. But Minnie isn't allowed to walk, I wail. I'm aware of that, Nick says. You say that a lot, don't you? I'm aware of that. I'm aware of that. That's my stock answer. If anyone could have seen us... I think back to the week before, ferried around Zurich in a miracle of British engineering. On landing in Switzerland, I was whisked off the plane straight into a limousine. Ah, so that is what it must be like to be Meghan Markle. Life is so much easier when you're rich. But I'd trade millions for a few more months with Mini Puppy. She has to be okay. You can read this week's diary in full on Mail on Sunday's You magazine. But you've been reading a coffee table book, haven't you? I have. I was sent the most amazing book, absolutely beautiful book. It's called Bean Bardo. And the photographer's Terry O'Neill. The photographer's Terry O'Neill and Douglas Kirkland. And it is honestly just a beautiful book the pictures in it are amazing so we've got lots of pictures from both of these guys and some quotes about um what their experience with her there's things i love the way you say we've got quotes of both of these guys as if they're like terry o'neill he's dead now but he's an absolute legend and i worked with him for many many years on the sunday times magazine yeah. and he took my photograph because they used to take a picture of like the class of 92 or the class of 93 so terry o'neill looked down these lens and took my photograph and did you look like bardo no <laughs> but he's mar- he was married to faye dunaway Oh. And he took that famous picture of her by the pool in LA after she won the Oscar and she was reading all the reviews in the paper and everything. 
And I met Faye Dunaway at the Oscars after party and I said, hello, Donatella Versace. I loved your last, latest collection. Uh-oh. Because they've obviously got the same surgeon. Oh, dear. That didn't go down well, I presume. She wasn't very pleased. No, she wasn't very pleased, I'm sure. Well, he's, he is a fantastic photographer because there's beautiful photographs. There's lots of, like, really natural ones, which I really love, sort of like at the film sets, you know, as well as obviously studio photos. But my favourite are the ones where she's just unaware that there's a camera, she's smoking a cigarette, she's got playing cards, she's sprawled on the floor. And you can tell she's just a genuinely really beautiful woman because, you know, she's not sucking her stomach in, posing. She's just laid out. It, she just looks amazing. And the, the Terry O'Neill photos seem to be the ones where she's older. So you've got this great contrast to the first half of the book where she's very young, very beautiful, very fresh-faced and being laced into these amazing costumes for, for the films that she's in and these beautiful studio shoots. And then you've got these older photos where she's just as beautiful but matured. And it, what's really nice to see is you don't look at one and, and say, oh, well, she's older now, she's not as attractive. She, she's fantastic. And it's such a beautiful thing to see with an older woman. It's just amazing. And one of the quotes from Terry, which I thought was really telling, actually, he says... She was a stunning woman. I thought when I met her she would be this little bombshell, but she was five foot nine and a really classy girl. And I thought, people have got you all wrong. And it's kind of like she was pigeonholed, wasn't she? She was beautiful. She looked like amazing figure, like Monroe. She was just pigeonholed as this beautiful woman that probably didn't have much of a brain. And then to finish her career at 39 to start rescuing animals because that's what she really cared about that was so brave and that was incredible and you interviewed her didn't you where she talks about that yeah so she took all that stereotyping she took it turned it on its head and she used every ounce of what she'd achieved this this absolute international fame and done something amazing with it yeah so your you, your your archive is is your interview with Bridget Bardot. Yeah. So in 2014, she was 80. Yeah. So I'm going back to my interview in New Magazine, and the whole interview with her came about because at the beginning of May, and I'm reading the piece now, my friend Isabel asked if I wanted to go halves on a holiday in a villa near Saint Tropez. I didn't, not really. I hate the food in France because it's very little vegetarian. I've no money and I'd rather stay home with my animals. Then she said something that changed my mind. We could find Brigitte Bordeaux's house. You could interview her for her 80th birthday in September. That's very clever of Renna because she hooked you in. She knew what would get you and she hooked you. I remember as a child I saw on God Created Woman, the 1956 film that shot BB to fame. I fell in love with not just how she looked, but with her attitude. Unlike Marilyn Monroe, she wasn't a victim. She seemed strong, not as milky and curvy as Monroe. Having grown up a middle-class Catholic in Paris, her limbs were honed by ballet. When I found out she loved animals and had, in 1973, given up her career after making 47 films, she decided to fight for animals instead, and my adoration only increased. She said in August, listen, all this happened to me went way over my head. It's others who invented this stuff. I've always lived in the same way. I've never taken myself seriously. 
and I often suffer from a lack of freedom imposed on me by celebrity. So my friend Isabel and I arrived in Saint-Tropez. This is the town Brigitte made her home in 1958, and which subsequently became the mecca for anyone who was anyone in the 60s jet set. Even John Lennon loved BB. In town, BB's image is everywhere, in every picture frame, in every gift shop, posters behind every bar. No wonder the woman herself is nowhere to be seen. Can you imagine going to your local town, there's pictures of you when you're 20? You know, I'm gonna post, I'm I'm gonna put some up in Richmond. What, pictures of you when you were 20? (laughs) Okay. Isabel thought she knew more or less where BB lived, so we got in the car and we drove to a small group of properties in a hamlet. We parked, feeling rather guilty, and we walked through woods alongside the big bay, past the gates of huge multi-million pound villas. And there, on the left, was La Madrag, hidden behind a pair of blue wooden gates with a bowl of water for passing dogs, bearing the sign Tutu's Bar with a photo of a dog. We'd found her! We walked up and down the lane for a bit, peeking through the hedge. The house looks very bohemian. And in the garden are hundreds of tiny graves, you know, from all her pets that she's buried. Oh, oh, I love that. We listened surreptitiously at the kitchen window, swearing we could hear cutlery. BB making lunch. BB eating. She's not going to make her own lunch, is she? The next day, Isabel penned BB a letter telling her about her ethical fashion business. She wanted BB to model for her. I said, well, she's in a wheelchair. We returned to her house and we wrapped the letter around a big stone and lobbed it over the gate. Hang on. Hang on a Don't minute. Don't say that. No, hang on. I'd have to say, because everyone's going to be thinking it. I'm not the only person that's going to say, why didn't you put it through the letterbox? There wasn't a letterbox. How can you not have a letterbox? What does the postman because do? she probably get loads of nuisance <laughs> post. The former face of Marianne probably thought she was being stoned for having uttered yet more dissent over halal and kosher meat. But miracle of miracles, later, BB called us on the mobile. Hello, bonjour, ça wow. va, bonjour, ça va, it's BB here. It's here, BB. It's your it's French here. accent's just as bad as your German one. She said she'd love to work on a collaboration and she'd arranged a gift to be left in a bar in Saint-Tropez. It turned out to be a T-shirt with Go Vegetarian across the chest. When we got back to the UK, I wrote to her foundation in Paris asking for a formal interview. She would answer my questions. So I did. She chose questions she wanted to answer and her replies appeared by fax, a few pages of notes in a handwritten scroll from a legend that I'm going to have framed and treasure forever. I'm going to auction them for animals. That's pretty amazing and She wrote to me have, a little note it? at the end. No, that's pretty beautiful. BB, were your family animal lovers? She says, I was born with a love of animals. I didn't have any during my childhood because it was the Second World War and life in Paris was very hard. Have you ever loved a man more than an animal? The love one has for a man cannot be compared to that of an animal. Did you grow up thinking you were beautiful? No, I was ugly. You were invited by a family friend to model in a fashion show in 1949, then spotted by Roger Vadim on the cover of French Earl when you were 15. Was your career meaning to help animals, or did that idea to use your fame come later? 
Yes, being known throughout the world has helped me and still aids me in my fight. Where did your look come from? The beehive hair, the makeup with the extravagant cat-like eyeliner. I never decided anything. I always hated people fussing with my face and fiddling with my hair. I could get by on my own. I pinned up my hair any old way in a mess. Are you a feminist? No, I hate feminism. I'm a masculinist. Do you think the feminist fight is too insular, that women should campaign for animals as well? I think women do what they want. What was the impetus for giving up your career? It was a realisation this life wasn't satisfying me and that my love for animals should express itself. I never look back. Is your husband vegan? That's a very important question, isn't it, you see? It is a very important question. It affects their sperm. Does it? Yeah. Oh. Why would you want sperm from someone who's not vegan? Well, I sort of want to kiss anyone that had been eating, tucking into a steak. Absolutely not. Yes, he is vegan and my friends are too. Do you feel many people are blind to the suffering of animals? A huge number of people are insensitive for which they have a, for animals for which they have a deep content. They consider them objects of profitability or meat on legs. It's a very good point, actually. I say to her, you've got into hot water and been fined several times for inciting racial, racial hatred. Do you regret that? No, I don't regret anything I've said or written. Have you ever felt me fear for your life because of your views? Yes, I've often been threatened by hunters, horse meat butchers and seal murderers. I'm still alive. If you could have three wishes, Brigitte, what would they be? I would call for an end to halal and kosher slaughter and asking for a ban on the eating of horse meat. Those are my only wishes. Is it difficult for you getting older, having been such a great beauty? Is it much harder as you've so much more to lose? I asked that same thing of Rekha Welsh. She wasn't very pleased, was she? She was as prickly as a hedgehog. She didn't like me. No. So Brigitte says, I don't think about growing older. I don't have the time or the desire to gaze at my navel. I've been married for 22 years. My health is perfect except for my legs because I've got arthritis. I get about slowly but steadily. My mind is better than ever. What do you love about your house near Saint-Tropez? Why do you never go into town? I adore my house. It's my refuge. But I detest Saint-Tropez. It's impossible to live. Tourists, social evenings, all of which I avoid and which terrorise me. Who are your favourite animals? My favourite animals are dogs. What did you think of Marilyn Monroe? How did you differ? We were very different, but we were both victims of our image which imprisoned us. Do you have any hope for animals in the future? No. The industrialisation of the rearing and death of animals takes away all my hope. Do you have any regrets? No regrets. No remorse. Thank you, Liz, for loving animals. Je vous... Ombras bien fort. Oh. I'm going to auction her notes to me. Well, any, any, I mean, anyone that enjoys photography or is interested in Bridget Butler, this book is absolutely beautiful. The photos are beautiful and it really gives sort of insight into who she was. I mean, she's talking there in your interview about having her hair just stuck up. It was just messy. But that that was what was so iconic about her, wasn't it? When yeah. she just had it, like, yeah. lobbed up and she looked beautiful. So, yeah, I'm going to bring the book for you. You're going to love it. You're going to absolutely love it. It's one of those huge coffee table books that you're, you're going to go through a hundred times. Every week, lots of you get in touch telling me what you think about my life and my decisions. 
So I think it's only fair that you get to have your say here on the podcast too. If you'd like to get in touch, then go to lizjonesgoddess.com or tweet me at lizjonesgoddess. Would you like to know what the readers are saying? Yeah, we've had lots of messages about Mini Puppy. So many messages about Mini Puppy. Um, I'm still working my way through, so if you haven't had a reply, I'm really sorry, but we will get to you. The first one is from a lady called Jane, and I was so pleased to get this one. This one really sort of meant a lot to me. I was really, really touched by this. And she says, Dear Nick, thank you so much for your review of Becoming Us. It's a wonderful book, and as a trans woman, I love how inclusive you are of gay and trans writers. This is the second book about trans issues I've enjoyed your recommendation, and I loved Becoming Tet and The Spirit Engineer, both by amazing gay writers. I love the podcast, I love Liz's column, and to feel that everyone is included and represented in it is really amazing. We don't get a lot of that on mainstream media, so really, thank you. Much love, Jane. So I was really touched by that. That really you know, meant a lot to me. We are mainstream media. We are mainstream media. We are, and we also had Haley, and Haley said, "I've not done this before, so I'm not sure how it works, but I'd very much like Liz Jones to be able to read." I'm this. reading it, Haley. I'm reading You're it. You're hearing it, and you're famous, Haley. Um, I'm so very sad to read in today's diary entry that Minnie has cancer so soon after losing Don't tell Gracie. Minnie. Um, well, she's all right now, isn't she? She's had the thyroid taken out, so fingers crossed. My Labrador is my absolute soulmate, so I get it. My heart goes out to you, Liz. I don't normally send love or hugs to people I haven't met, but I send both to you. And now's the piece de resistance. Go Hayley, girl power. P.S. Read your article in the mail where you met up with your ex. What a nasty man he is. Can't believe he would say those things in national newspaper. Lucky escape, I say. Stick with your dogs. They will love you like no man ever will. So for everybody that's had awful relationships or awful people or been gaslighted or cheated on, we're going out with a bit of girl power, aren't we? We're told to stop your yapping. Or stop your yapping. So for everybody that's ever had any of that sort of experience, we're going out girl power. Go girls. You're going to sing at the chorus, see ya. I need to get you a word sheet, don't I? Well, that's it from us this week. If you enjoyed listening to Liz Jones's Diary, the podcast, why not visit mailplus.co.uk forward slash subscribe to get access to all our podcast videos, opinion pieces and more. I'll be back next Sunday. But for now, I'm Liz Jones. And I'm Nick. Goodbye. Goodbye.